Good morning. Welcome. Gone for two weeks. Someone asked me if I was glad to be back. Oh, I, terribly. I went to the Center for Spiritual Living in Victoria, and I went up afterwards and, and told them what you guys always tell me. Hated your music. I liked the guy that was here before. Never been there before. I pointed out to them all their flaws, errors. No, actually, I'm just goofing on that. But uh, uh, what I found was that working with uh, the shadow work and the, and the, um, um, the paradigms and the um, archetypes. So I had to go from pusher. Many of us live in the pusher mindset. We've got to get it done, push, 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 to the bum. So I had to go in order to really enjoy it. I was reading a book on this, and I said, oh, I get to be the bum. So I, I moved into bum mode for uh, t- 10 days. So. so I'm bringing bum back with me. Don't even know if I can do another talk. Well, we'll see. I got one more in me. Yeah. And then I'm going to be about my life's work. All right, so um, as is our practice here, we have a, a gong, the mysterious gong. And once again, I can't find the gong because things get moved. So I went to my office, I got my chimes. So whoever has the gong. Oh, is it up there? You know what? I can't even see it. Where are you pointing? Oh, of course I can see that. It's right there. Thank you, darling. I got my chimes, though. I'm going to go with this. Thank you so much. We are... Mo- we are- Infinitely supplied. I'll use the gong for our spiritual practice towards the end that I want to invite you to. So anyway, thank you. If you're here for the first time, um, it's a, it's, well, not yet. It's a joy to have you here. And uh, I'm going to sound our, our uh, Tibetan bells. We'll chime as a signal to just drop into your heart. Helpful if we, um, in the, the heart math, we know that the heart is the most powerful organ on the planet. I mean, there's research now. The heart math is part of the powering up with our power of eight, which is really exciting. If you're here for the first time, um, it's a really wonderful uh, process. And I'm going I'm to continue to, my, um, my conversation today will continue to point out some of the, the um, reasons why. Because I think it's important. The more information we have, the more empowered we are. And the more empowered we are, the more responsibility we can take on in this world. And right now, it's a very interesting uh, phenomena. Uh, to watch the language as, as Christine spoke of in her meditation this morning, of uh, the phenomena of fear. And my teacher over and over again told me there's nothing to fear. Ernest Holmes actually wrote a book, our founder, called Life Without Fear. So um, fear is a very popular idea, and it can be very justified, but it's just simply part of the meaning-making in our lives. And so um, we are a tradition that doesn't support fear, but we certainly see it for what it is, and we look at it long enough until it no longer has power over us. And our programs here are designed to help all of us take greater and greater responsibility for what is ours to be responsible for, and to have the clarity to understand what isn't ours, and then to choose wisely. And that is an ongoing process. So with that said, thank you, Dr. Holmes, and thank you all the great teachers whose shoulders we stand upon. I'm going to sound our our chimes today in 30 seconds of silence, and then I'll offer a prayer from my heart.
Let us come together today in the mindful awareness of what a gift and an opportunity, what a joy it is, this life. This life, this moment, this time. Because there is one life, that is the life of God, that is the life of spirit, that is the life of source. And that life is our life. There would be no life through us and as us and for us without that. So we are eternal. We are invincible. That our soul knows something. And in the revelation of that knowing, in our own knowing, in our own process of transformation, because that is truly what is asked of us. No one can give it to us. People can impart information and inspiration and their own experience of it, but it is ours to have our own experience of infinite direct experience of the Christed consciousness, the Buddha nature, the Shiva, the goddess of love and destruction, so the newness may be born. So we honor all the traditions because all the traditions at their core have truth. And they're important for us to have a touchstone, for humanity to have a touchstone. So let us be an island of sanity here. Let us honor all traditions. Let us deepen in our practice. Let us mind the depths of our being in a way that we understand that it is simply opening a door to a new capacity and a new aspect of ourselves. That this day is blessed in so many ways. Let the consciousness that we generate together be so powerful that it blesses the entire world. Because this is our opportunity. Margaret Mead said, never doubt the capacity of a small group of people to change the world. Because that is how it has always been. So you and I get to have the conversation today and ask ourselves, are we that small group of people? Or should we sit on the sidelines spiritually and join others in fear, lack, limitation, disgust, alienation, cynicism, And I say no to all of that in my heart. I say no, no, no. That does not represent me. And I know it does not represent you. So in great gratitude and appreciation and surrendering to this infinite divine intelligence, this loving intelligence that is always there for us, I give thanks, I release these words, and invite you to say with me. And so it is. That's why I came back. Nice. Okay. Thank you, guys. So we're trying something new today. I'm going to control my own slides. I went to a workshop while I was gone and uh, spent a day and a half learning how to click left and right. It was good. I can do it with either hand now. It's awesome. We're going to get that, that earth beautiful. There we go. Perfect. We're handing it off because we have a... We have, a, we have a technological challenge, and I went into prayer, and I said, uh, when Cindy Shaw was here, I said, this is ridiculous. People have to go, next slide. And so Jennifer Bowerman, our board chair, brought a remote control in. And I put the remote control in the bag with the com- computer yesterday, and I, only half the devices were there. So I had to run to my office and find an old one. So anyway, we made it anyway. So missing a piece, the little piece that goes in the side of the computer. So I might have taken it home. But here we are. So... With that in mind, and, that, and as I'm fueling about this, please have compassion for me. <laughs> this is from my cue card, and I know we just had a group of people go through with Jackie. Thank you, Jackie, for stepping up. And, 
The Q, is, is, Q means quantum. And uh, sometimes I don't explain that each week, and people have admonished me because they come for the first time. So what does that mean? Q means quantum. There's actually a group now called Q. It's like, ooh, what's this going on now? And they're, they're sort of into the conspiracy thing. I'm like, wow, not us. has nothing to do with this. But it's really about looking at our, where we, uh, we show up on our shadows, those, parts of our, those disowned parts of ourselves that we don't love. And so part of what I'm, I'm going to model for you is my, my, um, my cue card. Please have compassion for me when I show up on my shadow card, feeling flawed, stupid, self-centered, living in lack, feeling alone and fearful. One moment. Because this is here I, who I have come here to be. Brilliant, generous, love, creative, whole, and free. All of us get to choose, all of us get to choose every day, every moment, who we have come here to be, who we have come here to be. And if we don't do that, then we, we slide into the, to the opinions, the good opinions of others upon this planet. And so I want to just touch on the spiral dynamics colors again for you because it's really important stuff, and I know it can be overwhelming. But the spiral dynamics um, is simply a way of, of identifying eras and periods of time in the evolution of humanity. It's a, it's, a, it's a worldview, so to speak. And so the first worldview that has been able to be identified here, it's not showing up, is it? Oh, there it is. Sorry. See that? Beige. Ta-da! It's going to be crooked today, folks. <laughs> but we're working on it. See, what I, what, I, what I want to be able to do is be vulnerable enough so that you can realize that where I want to go, and you can help me go there. There may be somebody here that has the solution to this. But until then, it's going to be crooked. Okay? So I'm not embarrassed to say, I need your help. But here, wait a minute. I got a book here that levels everything out. I think. Look at that. That's quotations by Dr. Martin Luther King, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> wedges, wedges, wedges. I'm an old carpenter, so I understand wedges. So 2,500 years ago was beige, and beige was survival. It was survival of the individual. It was finding enough water and food, and the lifespan was probably who knows. You know, who knows what the lifespan was that, in that time period. And then we moved to purple. Purple showed up about uh, 50,000 years ago. And so purple was very much about... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all the colors up for that, and then I'm going to give you a little snippet, because I'm going to tie this in with what I, uh, what I want to share with you today. So purple was 50,000 years ago, and then we had red 10,000 years ago. Blue was 5,000 years ago. Orange, 300 years ago. Green, 150 years ago. Yellow, 50 years ago, and turquoise showed up about 30 years ago. And there's characteristics of all this. And this is just a, a, a typing system. This isn't about better or worse. It's just simply understanding where we might be on the spectrum in terms of how we operate. We might be blue in our business affairs, which is very conservative, and it's the order of law. And we might be very green in our, in our, um, our family life. And I've shared with you uh, that, those ideas and how uh, uh, they... they Play out. So I want to share this with you. So say we have a near-death experience, and our worldview is centered in purple. 
So that person may come back from a near-death experience centered and be centered in magic and start to use crystals and study shamanism. So someone in red might decide, if they've had a near-death experience, they might decide he or she is the Messiah, and they may start their own following. It's a very popular idea. I've had a number of people come in, have come in the door and have told me that they are Jesus Christ, and I said, of course you are, as we all are, because the Christ is a consciousness. Good for you. And I think they're disappointed that I'm not more awed, but it's, it's how we roll around here. And the other piece of that is then how are you making a difference in the world? It's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. So um, someone in blue might say, I saw Jesus. Someone in orange might say, I had a pineal gland activation and hallucinated my, my, my deceased father. And a person in green might talk about love and the experience of oneness they experienced, that connected with us. So the beautiful thing about this model is it, it, we can look at it and we can honor everybody wherever they are with the experience that they're having with their own spirituality. We don't have to make anybody right and wrong. Oh, you're praying the wrong way. That church you go to over there, they're a bunch of wackos. They all think they're God. When I was in Fillmore, you know, new minister, just finding my way. Fillmore, California is my first... Uh, um, um, ministry and I had a guy come to one time to trim some trees and he said you guys are the folks that believe that Jesus is, or God is everywhere I think he did say Jesus and I said well yes we do well is Jesus a toilet seat and I thought oh my gosh <laughs> we didn't study that one in the science of mind class but <sighs> so anyway with this these are the evolving paradigms of where we are. And we talked about this. We talked about this uh, idea of, of uh, evolution where we are. Our organization, our, our community is very green, very much about the love at all costs. And some of the, the challenges with that, because what happens with green, if we don't have other things available to us, we spend much of our time processing our feelings. And it's important to be able to talk about our feelings and process them. But there's other ways. Uh, there's, there's more for us to do than simply process our feelings. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, I'm going I'm to switch it the other way. Nope. Because I can do this whole talk with just that one slide up there. I want you to know. There we go. Maybe I can do it this way. This is going to be a slow, cumbersome process. But you've got plenty of time, right? There we go. So this is first tier. Okay, we're off the screen again, but I can fix that. Watch this. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. So this is first tier. First tier is all the colors there, beige, purple, red, blue, orange, green. And what first tier is all about action. It's all about doing. And what's happening on the planet right now in the, in the transition, the transformation, those that are study consciousness and look at things, and we've heard about these things for years. We've heard about what's coming. So if you can remember back into the, into the 60s where we talked about, there were people that talked about the age of Aquarius or the harmonic convergence or the Mayan calendar or the world healing meditation. All of those seeds were planted in the 1960s. 
for transformation of consciousness. And what we're moving into is the yellow. So we're moving into yellow. And yellow is about being. So yellow is this whole idea about being, evolving from separation to interbeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got, a, I got another arrow there. Let me just try one more thing, gang, and then I'm going to move on. So what I wanted to, to talk to you today about was this, this idea that the way we move forward in all this, this capacity, is to accept what is, to honor what has been, and to understand our actions may not shift things immediately. The Dalai Lama says if you're frustrated about your ability to, to uh, facilitate change right now, don't worry about it. It may show up in another 700 years. In other words, it shouldn't keep us from doing and bringing our best to the world. It shouldn't keep us... This need for immediate gratification can be a trap for us because we think that it's, it's without benefit, without power. But we must take heart that others are answering the call and they're taking action to be part of this paradigm shift. So this is, this is information, this is leading edge information around what's happening in terms of consciousness. And I know that I speak to a brilliant, beautiful group because it's, it's, it's complex, but it's very necessary, I think, for us to understand what's unfolding. Otherwise, we can spin off into the fear and uncertainty of what we, we, we see uh, unfolding in the, 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 the race consciousness, the greater some total of belief. So one of the leaders that's helping foster the paradigm shift, I'm just going to do that if you don't mind, because I can get through them this way, but uh, we'll figure this all out, is Sharif Abdullah. And Sharif has done extensive research on cultural stories to reflect where we are as a society, and there are currently three cultural stories that he has identified. And so what uh, Sharif has uh, identified, let me pull them up, the first one is the Keeper Society. The Keeper Society, they're the indigenous people on the planet that honor their traditions, people who have long lived in harmony with nature, in harmony with everything they encounter. You know, Byron Katie would say, love what is. Love what is. The Breaker Society is the typical Western dominators, creating a world that works for me. I'm part of the breaker society for the most part, as I look at this. I don't live indigenously. I drive a car. I live in a, a house that's in, in all these things. And none of that, I'm not saying all those things have to go away. But as we shift consciousness, if we can understand that, then we hold all of this in a different way. Come on, guys, we're eternal. We are invincible. We are bulletproof. We are bulletproof. I had some guy call me on Thursday, say he wanted to invite me. He's been to the center twice, I know, because the second time he came, I talked about cigarettes. I talked about, you know, people are giving, putting $5 in the basket and spend $14 on a pack of cigarettes. And he gave me the peace sign with one finger. <laughs> and so I never forgot that. And I thought, what an interesting thing, because it didn't reflect, you know, I'd done enough of my own shadow work to realize it didn't say anything about me. It said everything about him. And, and so he called me and he said, I'm, I've got this gifting circle going on and, and you've got to come and, and be part of it. And I said, what's this gifting circle? And so I, uh, I went online and looked. He says, well, Google it, but it'll all be negative. And I went on and, and what it said was, that the Canadian, and he said, oh, it's completely legal and it's, it's, and it's not a pyramid scheme. 
So when, as, soon as, as soon as someone says it's completely legal and it's not a pyramid scheme, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So I went online and I looked and it said, this is considered illegal by the Canadian government. And I thought, wasn't that interesting? <laughs> but the point is, it was another scheme of manipulating uh, income, money. And I thought, isn't it interesting? Because I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in another scheme. And I said, I'm, thank you for thinking of me. I'm not going to be able to be there. And uh, then he you know, team texted me back and said, uh, is it because you, you, you can't be there or because you won't? And I said, both, but thank you very much. Good luck. Because people, people are there and people need to have that experience. And you know what? It could be the greatest thing in the world. I could have just missed this incredible opportunity. But when I took on this role, I realized I show up somewhere, just my being there, I'm saying I endorse something. And I don't want to mislead anybody. You know, it's just, it's not appropriate. I said, I don't have the luxury of coming and sitting. And, and, um, and so it's, it's on and on. But I just thought it was fascinating. Somebody had been to the center twice. I said, we're actually doing, it was a group of eight people, small group. They're just passing money around the group. I thought, well, good for you. Let me know how that comes out. You guys want to tithe 10% to the center? You get a tax receipt? Anyway, <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to say that. I just said, no, I, I can't be there. So the breaker society, it's typical Western society d- dominators creating a world that works for me. And the menders, hmm, lost the signal. Come on, baby, come on back. There we go. Creating a world that works for me. So this idea of the, bre- the breakers, there's been a, never been a time where breaker society has been sustainable and stable. It has always been in denial by exporting problems or spreading f- problems further. Examples are sending ships out to discover new lands. It's part of the breaker culture. There, there's, there's also the idea, let's send all of our prisoners to Australia. So we export our problems. We push them away. That's part of the characteristics of breaker society. But the problem is right now is there's nowhere else for us to go. We can't send all these people that we consider bad and wrong. Where are we going to send them? And you're thinking, oh, well, we, we're going to colonize Mars. Well, we haven't done it yet. In other words, there's no place us, for us to, to do the, behave this way anymore. Problems in the breaker worldview are very complex and cannot be placed in anyone's lap. We can't blame any one person. The breaker story is very much fear-based, fear of not enough. It's fear of lack. And it's a direct result in believing that we are separate we could actually name the Breaker Society the story of separation. And that slide, here I'm going to try it again. I'll give you the slide view. Story of separation. And the story of separation is very popular, that there's something other than God. There's something other than spirit. And so the story of, of separation tells us that we're separate beings and that the universe is a machine. And the breaker society tells us that we've got to get ahead, we've got to protect ourselves, that money, power, and security are things to be sought, that separate self can never have enough, never enough power, money, or security. They, had, they did a survey. Several millionaires had, a, they had an average net worth of $75 million of net worth. And they asked them, do you feel like you have enough? And to a person, they all said no. So they said, well, how much more would, would you need to feel like you have enough? And they said about 25% on average. So it's that, it's that hungry ghost. Now, I'm not saying let's not have things because money is a wonderful, money used well and wisely allows us the freedom and the joy. 
You know, without, without resources, I would ne- we wouldn't have been able to, to go to Victoria and, and get renewed and, and just have fun and hang out. And, and so there's, but, but when money becomes the driver, it becomes our God. And so it's important how we hold it. To hold life is more than enough. More and more, I find myself saying, I'm holding life today is more than enough. Whatever I have is more than enough. And I, welcome, and I welcome the next experience of it. But more than enough will bring more than enough into our lives. But to live for more than enough, as the indigenous people do, many of them, honoring the earth, caring for it, understanding the connection, we, we can do that and still function. See, we can still be in this role and in this body, but function in a completely different way. So that when you step into a room when the people's hair's on fire because there's not more than enough, you can say, well, I think there is. I think there's an, enough right now. And this, is, this offer from this, I thought about this. This is a great t- uh, teaching. This fellow that called me and wanted me to come and be part of this gifting circle. And I thought, you know, the, the mindset that you take to it, so I'm going to go in a room with seven strangers, and, and what I'm interested in is, is living in more than enough. And the question I had is, am I going to arrive in this room with another seven people that are standing in more than enough? Or are they there chasing something? And my suspicion is they're there because they don't feel they have enough. So they're there to, f- to fill that void. But even if the, the, the best possible experience was fulfilled there for them, and I hope it is, and I hope it was, I want the best for them. I want everybody to have whatever they, that, that have all the resources they require. But when you leave the meeting, within a very short period of time, I'm sure because the consciousness hasn't shifted, they'll still be living in lack. And so for me, it's about the transformation of consciousness. I have more than enough to be part of the transformation of consciousness. And I believe in that. And that may not lead us to riches. See, a lot of people think, well, Jesus, if I become more conscious and more spiritual, I'll be rich. Well, you will be rich. You may not be financially rich because you don't need to be financially rich because you live in more than enough. And the paradox is, see, with these power of eight groups, I'm, I'm, I'm just so on fire with these power of eight. I'm never going to do another prayer for myself as long as I live. If I'm struggling with finances, I want to find somebody else I can support in, in fulfilling their finances. That's where the juice is. Isn't it fascinating that we need each other? We need each other, gang. Each and every one of us, and this yellow that I'm talking about, this way of being that I'm moving into is an opportunity for all of us to tap into things that we can't even imagine. There is a giant, there is a sleeping giant within each and every one of us longing to be awakened. And when we, we offer the fullness of our love, unconditional love and support of someone else, the benefits, the rebound are phenomenal. I think that's one of the, the errors of our tradition that we're starting to break out of we're in alignment with what's happening now is to support one another in love and possibility. So it's the story of separation. Let's see if I can get this working now. So what happens is because of the story of separation, we go into the consensual lie. We, we buy into this. This is what Sharif talks about. We go into this. We know it doesn't work. See, as human beings, we're enacting the story we inherited from our culture and our external institutions, reflecting the invisible beliefs underlying it all. Our education systems, our media, our economic system, our legal system. Our cultural story tells us that this is normal. 
Lack is normal in our culture. Look at it. And the, the, and the wound of separation lands differently for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. It lands differently. So greed, self-loathing. Anybody experience self-loathing? Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Mitch has. He's, he's, he looks like a bobblehead doll over there right now. You bet. <laughs> Self-loathing. Violence, addiction, incarceration, suicide, eating disorders, opioid crisis, gang violence, hate crimes, all are symptoms of the disconnection. All are symptoms of the disconnection. Our sense of separation is the root cause of our collective cultural illness and harmful behaviors. We can't take any facts of the breaker society, any dynamic, we can take any fact of the breaker society, any dynamic, and trace it back to a belief in separation. Don Miguel Ruiz, years ago, I was at the Asilomar Conference. Don Miguel, who wrote the, the Four Agreements and a number of other books, wonderful man, wonderful teacher, he was at our annual conference. And I happened to give the honor of riding with him to the airport when he finished his presentation with us. And he said, you know the problem your, your group has? The religious scientists, 800 of us all in the same spot. And James Golden was driving, and I was in the back seat. He said, you know the problem you have? The challenge you have? You don't believe it. You don't believe it. And I thought, wow, I never forgot that. I thought, hmm, if this is true, why are we struggling? Why are we living in lack and limitation? So what's the cause of climate change? Greenhouse gases. What's causing greenhouse gases? Burning fossil fuels. Why are we burning so many fossil fuels? Too many cars. Why so many cars? Because I got to get to work. Why do I get to get to work? Because I got to buy more stuff. Why do I have to have more stuff so I can fulfill that emptiness within me? By having those things fulfills that. And it's a wonderful thing to have things. I'm not saying don't have things, but it's all how we hold it. A longing for something to satisfy, a hunger for completion. Why this feeling of disconnection, a belief in separation? We can trace it all back to that. See, we can live in oneness and have things, but then the things we have are completely different. I mean, Jesus, you didn't, in the stories of Jesus walking uh, and, and doing his itinerant ministry, you know, he didn't have a building. He didn't have a PA system. He didn't even have PowerPoint. <laughs> but let's not condemn him for that. It wasn't available then. But, but the point is that he never talked about they got to get to this town because they need food. There's never a story in there. They were always taken care of. They were not, and they, we don't need all of our meals today because we don't have a place to keep them all. They'll all go bad. We just need the next one. But the, see, this disconnection leaves us with the emptiness of the soul. And I am, I'm, I'm talking to, about this stuff because I think it's a truth and a reality. And the alienation and isolation are signs of the disconnect. And the original, and, and they point to alienation and isolation are, are the original words of separation. Because deep down, I know who you are, and I know who I am. Because I've had enough experiences. I've, had, I've experienced enough unconditional love. Not a ton of it. My grandfather was my guy. He was that guy that was unconditional love, and he's with me all the time. I feel his presence, and we have conversations. And it's quite beautiful. I adore that guy. And so he modeled for me what it's like to be a grandfather. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I got granddaughters now. I get to pass this on. And that's such a joy for me. It's such a joy because it gives me a place where I can, I can love unconditionally and support 
and use wisdom and, 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 and not teach fear. That's what the blessing of Ernest Holmes was. He was raised in a household that never taught fear. His mother always used any error, any mistake, any challenge as a teach, teaching opportunity. Help craft this beautiful mind, this beautiful perspective. Because deep down, we know who we are. There's a profoundly joyful state of well-being and awareness that exists. Profound state of joy and wellness that exists within all of us. It just does. And yet it has become normal to drug ourselves into feeling okay. If we could just settle, it's so simple, it just seems like it's paradoxical to love ourselves where we are who we are, as we are. Instead, we consent to the magnitude of our problems. We don't know how to change it. And only with increasing self-delusion can we pretend to be on a sustainable path. And we feel helpless to change it. But that doesn't mean we can't. It means we can. But I want to just encourage you, don't fall into that trap. Don't go there. A consensual lie. Nonviolence is a sign of deeper healing. Martin Luther King, Dr. King, nonviolence is a sign of deeper healing. For us to non have the violence within ourselves, within our hearts and our minds and our spirits. So the Mender Society are creating a world that works for all. So what I'm going to do next week, <clears throat> I have a lot of information. I've done a lot of research on this. I'm just on fire with it. Someone asked me yesterday, are you ready to go? I said, oh my gosh, I'm ready to burst. I'm so excited about this. Because we are a community that, that, that I know can be an island of sanity. Not the only one. But who have we come here to be? At the end of September, Dr. Gary Simmons is coming back. He's going to do the genogram with us, the genogram. The genogram goes through all the ears, all the ministers that have been here. And it looks at all the things, all the disappointment, all the heartbreak, all the joys, the prouds and the sorries, as he says. And we go back and we look at it. And we bless it. And we talk about what brought us to this point. And then we clean it up. Ken Wilber says the three things the church of tomorrow has to have. Wake up. Wake up to the truth of your being. Grow up. Stop being a victim. Stop living in fear. Because there's nothing to fear. And clean up. And as a community, we're going to be about this business of cleanup. And we're going to have a genogram every year at our AGM. We're going to talk about our prouds and our sorries, what we did well, what we didn't do well. But we're going to do this process so we can move forward instead of dragging all of the ghosts with us. This is the epigenetics of life. You see, what we don't transform, we transmit. I've got all these beautiful slides I want to share with you, but I'm going to stop here and I'm going to finish this next week. So please be here. I want you to be here. Bring a friend with you. It's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful opportunity for us to be, to be in this together. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip forward. I want to talk. It's all this beautiful. Right there. Up, 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 up. So the way that the menders, the breakers, and the keepers line up on the spiral dynamic colors, just to end this with you, to give you a perspective and tie a bit of it together. So the, the keepers are down in that, that beige and that blue, you know, the, the magical thinking, the, the ceremonies, the, the richness and that's a beautiful thing. And then, of course, you've got the breakers. The breakers are in the blue and the, or and the orange. And the blue is the order of law. So if I behave a certain way, I'm going to get to heaven. That's what blue will tell you about spirituality. And the orange will say, well, it, it, that may or may not be true, but are we going to be able to make any money off of it? 
So it's corporate church. It's a, it, the, the economic driver is very, very important, how we're doing financially. More is better. More for the sake of more. And then when you get up to the menders, it's green. It's the heart. It's the yellow. It's the way of being, that there's more than enough, that I'm more than enough. And whoever told you that you are not enough, I disagree with them because you are just as you are, just as you are, to love what is. And whatever is the core belief you have that is keeping you from that, ask yourself, is this true? Is it true that I'm not, I'm not, more, uh, I'm not enough? And then the, the turquoise, yellow and turquoise. Turquoise we don't know anything about yet. There's not too many people running around in turquoise, but this is what's happening in consciousness. This is why, this is why systems and cultures and things are changing and shifting because they have to. It breaks down. What happens for us, it breaks down so that we can break through. And so to have the capacity to stand in that and to stand in it together. So why are we doing the cue? To have some shadow integration. The things that we don't love because it's all God. Even the things we don't love. doesn't mean we live from them. We just stop pushing them away and praying over them as spiritual bypass. And, and then we do the, the uh, spirit groups. The spirit groups are so, it's such a phenomenal thing to watch the spirit groups go out and serve. Find something we can serve and be part of. And these power of eights, these power of eight groups that come together in a small group of people set an intention for someone to love and to be as healthy and as potent and powerful and to fulfill our soul's blueprint. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. So we have this opportunity we have this opportunity. When I went to the, the Center for Spiritual Living in Victoria, it was about a dozen people, beautiful, beautiful people, really close. They knew one another. And it was very much just a, a way to, for people to connect, to that, that sense of green. Let's love each other while we're here. And that's a beautiful thing to experience. But there wasn't anybody talking about transformation. There wasn't anybody talking about going out and serving in a bigger way. And, I, and, you know, and, I, and, and because I'm so on fire with this, of course, I want to share it. And people look at me like, he'll be gone soon. Let's just <laughs> placate him. But it's okay because we can do that. I guess the point is we can do that. We can come together on a Sunday. We can hang out. We can have coffee and love each other up unconditionally and call it a day and go home. I think the opportunity is to come together for an hour on a Sunday, have coffee, love one another unconditionally, and then take it out in the world and live it in our lives. Because if we're not going to live it in our lives, folks, we're missing an opportunity. And I got news for you. I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. And I know you're not doing it either. So God bless you. Please come back next week. You can be here so I can share more of this with you. It's such a joy and an honor to be part of this community, part of what's unfolding here. It is exciting, and it's beautiful. God bless.